several weeks ago, the museum celebrated its 35th birthday. It was a big day with thousands of guests from across the state exploring South Carolina's history, art, culture, and enjoying dance and music performances, like the Claflin University Concert Choir, which you're hearing right now. It was wonderful to see so many join us for this landmark anniversary, marking 35 years since we first opened our doors to visitors. However, I keep going back to something Tony Ganong, the museum's former executive director, said in our very first episode. The overwhelming satisfaction and joy he felt on opening day in 1988 was somewhat tempered, as he says, In some very real respects, the work just began that day. This year's celebration was not only a time to reflect on our past, but also to look forward to the exciting opportunities for our future. While it's rewarding to see how far we've come from the vision of our founders nearly half a century ago, it's obvious we have a lot of work ahead of us as we reimagine the experience at the State Museum. Much of what's up there has been there for 35 years. I think what we did was good, you know, but at the same time, I feel like there are certain things probably should remain in the museum as focal points, but there is an awful lot that can be done. In this final episode of our premiere season, we explore some of the work we've done over the past year to improve your state museum by creating a space that's accessible for all South Carolinians. This is Our State, Our Stories. In South Carolina, over 1.1 million adults live with a disability. That's roughly one in three adults who have some form of mobility, cognition, independent living, hearing, vision, or self-care disability. We truly believe that every South Carolinian deserves to have equal access to their state museum and are working to ensure this community can enjoy the museum to the best of their abilities and desires. That mission begins with the physical building itself. Recently, through generous support from AFLAC and the state legislature, we finished an extensive renovation of all of our public restrooms so they are fully ADA accessible. This is the first and one of the most important steps in the museum's Reimagine the Experience project, as we work together with partners like AFLAC and our shared community to ensure the museum is fully accessible for the countless adults and children living with a disability in South Carolina. This project also added two nursing stations and a wellness room on the first floor equipped with most anything a guest with disabilities might need. It's difficult to fully understand how vital these spaces and resources are unless you, a friend, or family member have required them, as Laura Barra kane the museum's manager of education and interpretation, explains. I'll, I'll use the wellness room as an example. We've always had some sort of wellness triage room kind of place, but it wasn't really what we wanted it to be. Then a couple of years ago, we had a student come in and they were like, oh, well, we can take you to the, to the room, we have a table in there. And the caregivers just said, it's okay, we're used to being on the bathroom floor. And we all stopped. We're like, that, you shouldn't be okay with that though. That shouldn't be your standard. You shouldn't have to look at us and say, it's all right, we're used to it. And we weren't okay with it. 
we're lucky enough to have an executive director where I kind of, I just took five minutes out of her day and said, this is what happened. And she's like, oh my gosh, no one should be okay with that. And she immediately gave us the ability to, to try and fix the situation. So now we have this wonderful wellness room where adults who might need to be changed or might have a feeding tube, or even if you're just not feeling well and you need a moment, we have it for them. And they don't have to say, it's okay, we'll just lock the bathroom door. Because no one should be put on the bathroom floor for that. Wow. Um, I think that speaks exactly to the importance of listening to these communities, which we represent here at the State Museum. Yeah, that's why the email address is we are listening at scmuseum.org because we really are and we want to hear it. We want to know what we can do to be your state museum. You know, I, I have a child who has some needs, but they're really pretty easy to deal with, you know. But a lot of our, our students and our visitors, they're things that we don't, we don't know and we didn't realize. So that's really what my job in terms of accessibility coordination is. It's really saying, I noticed this problem. Who's the expert in the area? And most of the time it's Stephanie from DDSN. I call her for everything. I think that you guys making a dedicated time and space for our folks has been, it's, it's setting the bar high for everybody in the Midlands. And I hope that people see your model, adapt it, learn from it, and continues to spread across South Carolina. Stephanie Turner, the Autism Division Director at the South Carolina Department of Disabilities and Special Needs, has helped us by not only giving invaluable feedback, but has also provided in-depth training for our educators on best practices to ensure individuals with autism and other sensory processing disorders feel welcome at the museum. Your staff are very proactive in the way that they've been reaching out to people in the community to help them understand more of what is autism, um, and then the way that they are acting as kind of like a resource hub too with those sensory friendly Saturdays. So they have broadened it beyond autism. There's other diagnosis and other disabilities that they're targeting as well. But families not only come here to enjoy the museum, but also to learn more about how their community can support them as well. So I think that the museum is leading the charge in the Midlands area for being a consistent welcoming space for our folks on the spectrum. Now in its second year, our Accessibility Morning events offered on the second Saturday of every month have provided over a thousand guests a quieter, sensory-friendly, and disability-adapted experience. This program offers those who are neurodiverse, autistic, or have other disabilities an opportunity to explore the museum at their own pace, enjoy special activities, and connect with others within the community. So we do community outreach all over the state and I meet new people at the um, accessibility mornings all the time, which is fantastic. And younger parents too, with younger children who are reaching out for the first time, didn't know where to go. They have so many questions and accessibility morning has helped us reach that audience. And so diagnosis of autism can be pretty isolating to families. You would think because it's one in 36 that have this diagnosis that they're just everywhere and supporting each other. But because it's such a spectrum, it's hard to find their group that they feel comfortable with. And so when the museum is creating a space where they feel safe and not to be judged, you're really providing social interactions and um, what we always talk about is leisure skills in our field. So we've had several of our residents from two of our regional centers come to the museum for the first time in their lives. And these are people in their like 40s, 50s, 60s. And so for the first time in their life, they feel welcome in a space and their caregivers can come and know that they won't feel overwhelmed or triggered in this environment. And that's been 
groundbreaking for some of our folks and we really appreciate that welcomeness and the opportunity for our folks to come and experience the space. This program and the museum's accessibility efforts as a whole are continuously improving as we hear feedback from supporting partners and fellow state agencies. Their guidance, alongside recommendations from various communities, including the deaf and blind communities, directly influence our plans for the future. One of the latest and most significant resources we've added is providing free, unlimited access to certified visual interpreters for blind and low vision guests through a service called IRA. So Starbucks, TD Bank, Target, a lot of places have it, but we are the only museum that we know of in the area that does have IRA here for the full time that you're, that you're here as well. So if you are blind or low vision, once you get in onto campus and you enter our geofence, you just press a big giant button on your phone from IRA and you get free service the entire time you're here, which is absolutely wonderful. In addition, the museum offers American Sign Language interpretation during our accessibility mornings and other museum programs and has many more resources available, including assistive listening devices, sensory bags, noise-canceling headphones, and more, all on hand to ensure our guests have what they need to enjoy their experience at the museum and be inspired. Inspiring Wonder isn't just for a select few. It's for every kid, for everyone, not just kids, but every person. And if we're gonna say everyone, then we need to mean everyone. And so that means adapting our programs as best as possible and means offering different things as much as we can and doing whatever we can to reach everyone, every single child. Improving accessibility at the museum is just one aspect of the Reimagine the Experience project, which aims to improve the visitor experience based on your feedback. We've come a long way from the world's first fully electric textile mill and a staff of less than half a dozen to become the state's largest and most comprehensive museum with a collection of over a million objects. But there's still a ways to go. For over 35 years, you've trusted us to share South Carolina's rich and diverse history, art, culture, scientific achievements, and natural wonders. It's an honor we don't take lightly. And the reason why these changes take time as we build space for South Carolina's people together. Thank you for listening to the premiere season of the museum's first ever podcast. We're not going anywhere, as we'll explore more stories from across our state and update you on the state museum's future in our upcoming season next year. I'd like to personally thank the countless individuals who shared their stories, offered insight, and brought a breadth of knowledge to this podcast. It wouldn't be possible without more information about all of our accessibility offerings and the Reimagine the Experience project can be found on the museum's website. If you have any recommendations on how we can better create an inclusive environment at the museum or have questions about the Accessibility Morning Program, email us at wearelistening at scmuseum.org. We hope to see you soon at the museum. Have a great holiday.